I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to a new year. And it's a pleasure to welcome back on board and to be with my sister from another mister. The incomparable, the irrepressible G from WoTV. Yes, I love my little intro and happy new year, Mike, and happy new year listeners. Yeah, happy new year to you too. Yes. How did you see in the new year? Oh, how did you see in, the, first of all, the Christmas? How did you spend it? Oh, Christmas, I was um, in Thailand, probably working out. I can't really remember. Working out, getting a massage. <laughs> and um, for the New Year's, I was just getting over my jet lag. I think I fell asleep before the ball even dropped, Mike. <laughs> wow. You know what they say? They say that the way in which you saw in the new year is what you're going to be doing in perpetuity in the new year. Oh, okay. So I, I'll be getting a lot of rest, which I don't really mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mind because I don't really get a lot. But yeah, I have a little bit of jet lag, but it was well worth it. Yes. Mm. How was your Christmas well, I, and New Year's? It, it was pretty chilled, I have to say. It was nice to spend um, Christmas at home with the family. I mean, usually we go and spend it with relatives, but it was nice just to have, you know, a Christmas meal, Christmas dinner, Christmas uh, breakfast at home. But the new year was kind of different because... Um, I'm not sure if it's a big deal over in New York or in the in the States, mm -hmm. but New Year here or seeing in the New Year here, it's all about the fireworks. It's all about the Big Bang. It's all about you know being on the embankment, being on the the River Thames, and seeing in the New Year of a massive explosion or two. And that's how we saw it in basically taking in some fireworks, and it was incredible, oh, absolutely nice. phenomenal. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, we have some fireworks going on here, but it, it, in my neighborhood, it was more like the gunshots when you shoot, when you buck in the air, when you pop, 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 when you let off something off in the, you know, in the air with your gun. Wow. So that's <laughs> basically we're how Brooklyn like, brought it in. <laughs> we're, 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 talk, we're talking like gunshots, like real gunshots, Afghani Af Afghanistan style? Yeah, that's basically, it woke me up. I was like, oh, wow. the new year has kicked in. Yeah, it's, it's also, when I lived in D.C., it was like that, too. It was kind of, it's kind of crazy. And it's kind of crazy that I'm used to it, too. I was kind of like, oh, happy new year. I hear gunshots. Like, <laughs> must be midnight. I thought you were joking. No, no. When I lived in D.C., it was like that, too. Like, you know, wow, this is so crazy because look how it's just so normal in the States, you know, in certain neighborhoods for gunshots to be normal. And you're talking about, like, um, fireworks. <laughs> well, we have both, Michael, gunshots and fireworks. But that's how I knew it was the new year in Brooklyn. Jeez. Crazy, right? I don't well, know. yeah, I don't think I'll be able to top that. Well, I don't think we'd be able to top that. <laughs> Over here, we're likely to, you know, see multiple arrests. People going out in the streets and bucking guns. Isn't that, isn't that just so crazy how culturally that's just so different? Like in America, we have guns and, you know, it's just it's just kind of crazy. But not to me, you wow. know. Absolutely wow. amazing. Incredible. Yeah. But, you know, whilst we have this um, hiatus in terms of combat sports, uh, it's only right, considering I feel that we had a pretty incredible year when you look back and, you know, there were, well, some notable events, some notable 
items, some notable um, fights and, you know, noticeable and notable happenings that we can actually discuss. But I thought it'd be nice to actually put it into a nice tidy bunch and have the team, have the WOCast team, myself, yourself, Kairos and Chisanga actually vote on, well, our awards. And that is, you know, 2019, our MMA awards but also enlisting the help of MMA Twitter so first off MMA Twitter actually came through they came through with some real um, I would say what's the word mm, interesting <laughs> categories for us to bring to the table and I like the fact that you know it was in keeping with Woe TV's ethos and that is always making trouble particularly I have to shout her out MMA A or MMA Amy uh, she came up with some uh, with an interesting take, and I think it had the team divided. I think it had some of the team shook whether they should be voting on her particular category, which we're going to get to in a moment. But you know, I think hands down, MMA Twitter came through, and I'm really, really proud of everybody who actually participated. Yes, hopefully we'll get some shout outs attached to some of these uh, nominations that you're about to get through. And yes, shout out to Amy for the risque nomination. But we'll get into that later, like you said, right, Mike? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, instead of like uh, keeping our audience guessing and keeping our audience waiting, without further ado, it's time for the WOCast MMA Awards. Let's do 2019. it. Just a moment whilst I get up the categories that these wonderful people actually put forward. Mm, I'm excited. Mm. Just whilst we actually fill in so there is no no dead air. Um, one of the things which I, I'm kind of like keen to do this year differently. Um, I've got my, my, uh, my New Year's resolution is to stop saying 100%. How about you? What's your New Year's resolution? Oh my God, my New Year's, I have a word too that I say all the time, like, you feel me, Mike? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I can't stand mm. when I listen to the show and I hear myself repeating the same phrases. So I'm going to piggyback off of you and try to not say, you know what I mean, Mike? You feel me? You feel me? <laughs> yeah. It's something I notice I say all the time. So that's what I'm going to work on. That'll be my podcast uh, New Year's resolution. Okay, well, the first nomination mm -hmm. and uh, category um, came from MMA Amy. And if you haven't <laughs> followed her, um, <laughs> she is definitely one, uh, first of all, in keeping with the Woe TV brand. Her nomination for us to actually vote on, or sorry, her category for us to vote on was, and I'm just coming up to that now, MMA Amy... Um, her category mm -hmm. was ass and thigh me. But I think Americans <laughs> pronounce it ass <laughs> yes, and thigh meat, yes. right? Have I got this right? Thigh and ass. Yep. <clears throat> thigh and ass meat, baby. <laughs> now, personally, um, I was pleased with this being put forward because I own this. <laughs> I own this big time because really and truly, there's no point in actually shirking from the always making trouble moniker. When trouble comes to you, you're actually running a mile. So I was really, really pleased to put forward my nomination, which was uh, a, a popular nomination, it would seem, because it was actually the winner. The winner of Ars and Thymi, um was Pearl Gonzalez. Mm, I now, can see why. I will say that. <laughs> I, I have to say, we, we saw a lot of uh, um, Pearl's 
assets um if you, you see what i did there um, in 2019 <laughs> i think if you aren't actually following pearl gonzalez you need to get over there she uh, is not really shy in actually putting her assets out on show but you know she actually backs it up in terms of um being a little bit more well-rounded in terms of what she actually actually brings to the table in terms of what she actually has to offer because you know you'll see her um well laying the smacker down in Invicta and uh, laying it down pretty firmly. Oh yeah, she's pretty, everybody pretty much goes crazy for this woman on MMA Twitter and I quite understand why. And she's not bad. Did you see footage of her breaking some woman's arm during that uh, BJJ event that I saw like on UFC Fight Pass? Like she's not only banging, but she's pretty damn good as a fighter as well. So I'm not oh, really mad time. at this. And she's hella cute. So I was, well, there you go. She's well-rounded, Mike. <laughs> and, 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 and that's why I was really, really uh, surprised there weren't any other, um, well, nominations, as it were, for this particular category. Because if I cast my eye over the MMA landscape, there are plenty of people who could actually actually come into this category. But I didn't really want it to come across as though, you know, we were being disrespectful. But I also wanted to hold true to WOTV's um, making trouble vibe and um, you know for me Pearl Gonzalez was hands down uh, the winner if it were if it were you know just let your imagination go wild just for 30 seconds mm -hmm. if you did have an also ran who would you have in that category um, I think Tracy Cortez could be up there in that category you know what I mean well-rounded fighter really mm. cute and I think she's perfect for that category as well and I would think she would be a close runner-up but I think Pearl smoked her because it's like Pearl is just a little bit more well-known and hella popular. And I think people like her good looks and, you know, the category in which she was nominated in it as well. But I think, too, she's also really good fighter. And I think when she broke that young lady's arm, I forget what competition it was. A lot of people really got into her when she did that. So I think, like, it's biased. You know, people are biased. And then she's drop-dead gorgeous. Absolutely. What do you think? Of, what do you think of Tracy Don't. Cortez? Do you think she could be a good <laughs> runner-up? Um, I'm trying to. You know what? Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of the person T Wood, um, who has had his uh, his 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 account cloned by someone recently. So I, I haven't oh, been God. following him of late, but. Um, T Wood is always tweeting. God, the name escapes me. He's always tweeting this woman. Rachel uh, pictures of her. Ostovich. There you go. He is obsessed with her. And shout out to T Wood because I associate Rachel Ostovich with his account because he is just obsessed with her. I wonder why she didn't win this. Wow, well, MMA she Twitter. Would be my runner yeah, well, she would be my, my runner up. She is absolutely incredible. I'm sure she's uh, intellectual as well. But um, for this category, <laughs> just to fit into that nomination, she is absolutely a 10 out of 10. Yeah, and I'm pretty shocked that she didn't win because it's like everybody goes crazy for her. And I know T. Wood probably voted for her as well. Or, you know, <laughs> and that's how you probably knew like the parody account wasn't him because he probably forgot to be obsessed with Rachel like the original account is. But oh, I'm really shocked she didn't win. I'm kind of stunned. Yeah, like everybody goes crazy for her. I think she's she's okay. Not my type, but she's she's I definitely see the appeal, you know. Mm. 
and I definitely like her. She's she's pretty dope, and I don't mind watching her fight. And she has a fight coming up with Shayna Dobson, which everyone says is, is my lookalike, which I don't agree with, but I think it's absolutely hilarious. So look out for Rachel fighting my twin, um, Shayna Dobson. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I, I hadn't actually... You know what? For the, for the first time, you've mentioned that now. I can see why <laughs> oh, a lot of God. people are drawing those... No. <laughs> I can see why a lot of people are actually drawing those parallels. Oh, I... You were separated at birth. <laughs> you know what? F you, Michael. Because I do not agree with... <laughs> I do not agree with MMA Twitter. But I love laughing at myself. And I think this shit is so hilarious. Because every time she has a fight, Mike, my mentions yeah. blow up. Everybody's like, gee, you got to work on your takedown defense. Gee, you got to get a new coach. Gee, you didn't do bad until the fourth. I get I get so many tips on MMA and what I need to mm. do better for the next fight and prayers that I don't get cut that it is just so hilarious that I run with it. It is. I just can't wait for her next fight because Twitter is going to be so much fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Moving swiftly on then, the next category was Unexpected Technique of the Year. Mm. Now, this came from the Twitter account of Justin Carter 13. Now, for me, this was the one I think that was quite hotly debated. We had quite a few um, people in this particular category. And um, just remind me, you put forward uh, in terms of Unexpected Technique of the Year. What was your nomination? Um, I believe I picked Raymond Daniels from uh, Bellator mm. when he did that um, beautiful, weird spinning hook. He did like three 360s and then turned around and just did another 360 and punched the guy in the face yeah. with, a, with a hook. And then not only was it just like dazzling to see, it was loud and quite impactful and knocked the dude out like that, just the snap of his fingers and then he just like walked off it was just kind of like amazing so that was mine you remember that fight i i, I do um bellator wh why do i think it was bellator either not london it was bellator it was a bellator event it was bellator was it bellator I, birmingham I say newcastle i want to say even newcastle or birmingham i think it was birmingham yeah i think it was birmingham hmm yeah, I mean, it was just stunning. I had never seen anything like it. It looked like a video game, you know, or or something out of a movie. You see, that that was the moment when I thought, oh, come on, you and Michael Page have definitely got to get it on because it was the flashy technique and the flashy setup that made me think, man, that is a matchup made in heaven. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? I mean, and also, too, let's not sleep on Raymond Daniels. Like, isn't he the like the Bellator kickboxing welterweight champ or something like that? Or he's, yeah, yeah, he <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's got that kickboxing background. And, and Michael Page mm -hmm. is MVP and we're all dying to see him, you know, be tested or at least have a, a, a flashy fun fight with somebody that can, you know, push the envelope a little bit. And I wouldn't mind seeing him against Raymond Daniels. And to be honest with you, after a knockout like that, I could watch Raymond Daniels fight anybody if he's going to keep doing stuff like this. You see, I'd, <laughs> you know? I'd, I'd love to see that too. And I actually raised that with Michael Venom Page um, oh, yeah. about a month or so ago. And he said you'd have to pay him millions because him and Raymond are really, really tight. They're best buds. And there's oh. no way that they're going to get into the cage anytime soon. Womp, womp. Yeah, forget that. I mean, I, I appreciate a fighter's integrity when they won't fight a friend. But that is kind of like a dream matchup. But nonetheless, I respect it. That's his friend, you know? Yeah. 
Well, funnily, just staying with um, Raymond Daniels, like I say, mm-hmm. you know, um, the twist of which we saw recently in the UFC, that was uh, an also ran for me. But you're right, you hit the nail straight on the head. The most unexpected technique and the winner of this particular category was Raymond Daniels. That got the most votes. Oh, wow. Good. All right. We're all on the same page. I mean, it was it was it was something a lot of us haven't seen. So I'm not surprised you won. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in terms of nominations, in terms of those people who actually put themselves forward, in terms of um, the, the possibilities that we could have had there, that in itself, um, you know, I, I, I could see that really and truly we had quite a lot to choose from when you think about it. When you look back um, and you look back at, at the amount of content that we saw because a lot of people you know they, they have to keep remembering that we're not just looking at the UFC when we're you know talking Absolutely. about you know unexpected techniques and I don't know if it's like a, a phenomenon which is or, or it's an issue where you are sitting in the states but I just find that you know a lot of people seem to forget that there is a world outside of the UFC when it comes to combat sport when it comes to mixed martial arts in particular Oh, yeah. And not only do I think people are unaware that there's a world outside the UFC, I think people are unaware that there are world class martial artists outside of the UFC that can compete with some of these UFC stars. And I think that would be like Douglas Lima, MVP. There's a whole bunch. I mean, one championship, you've got people in, in, in Ryzen. And I think, I don't know, in the States, I do find that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people think the UFC is the end all be all. You know, would you say that because there's a lack of like TV deals or there's a lack of promotion, lack of push or just that people are like so super saturated with the UFC and they see that as well, basically, there was this old adage a while back. And, um, you know, it seems to be creeping in in, in again. Oh, I do UFC. Mm-hmm. I don't do MMA. Oh, I do UFC. UFC. How much of yeah. that is still lingering? How much is that is still permeating the sport, do you think? I will say that it's diminished somewhat because I remember when I used to watch this sport way before I met you, way before I even got on Twitter and I was just watching this by myself years ago, watching, you know, something as far back as Tito and Ken Shamrock. I remember that being very prevalent. Like Mm, there's only mm. you. And I remember even as a new viewer, I was like, no, well, how come when the UFC is on, I'm watching Strike Force or WEC or And I just remember being like, there's other stuff out there, but it was more prominent back then. Today, you still have it with like the new viewers, like the the people we call casuals, the people that just hopped on board because they like Khabib or Connor. You'll get those people. A lot of them frown upon other organizations, but it seems like MMA in itself is growing, you know, in the States. You still have it, Mike, but people are kind of starting to recognize there's other folks out there, you know, and how can you not? You've got Teshin, you've got you know, um, Horaguchi, you've got, you've got all types of people and you've got people from the UFC that have left and go to other organizations. Yeah. You know, like, don't forget DJ, he's at one and I'm sure he took some of his UFC fan base with him and now they're watching one. So mm. no, I think, 100%. I mean, you know, we, 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 we could actually, you know, spend all episode talking about, you know, life outside of the UFC. Oh, because yeah. We've got the newly created Aries, which I think is going to be a very prominent player in 2020. I mean, you've got the mainstays like KSW, who are doing fantastic oh, work. Oh, yeah, there you go. One championship. 
I mean, yep. Ryzen, I mean, you name it. There, there seems to be a, a, an almost um, new wave of what attention which should be given to um, those major players outside of the UFC because, yeah. you know, they're all doing some incredible work, some amazing things. Yeah, and I think also, too, we need to discuss that, like, there was even once a trade. We did the DJ for Ben Askren. You, you know go. what I mean? So that it's like that there's... It, no. I mean, yes and no. We can get back to that another time. I mean, we would have <laughs> never seen that flying knee, which is just epic if we hadn't done it, you know? And I don't think DJ's that upset that he's over at one, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I think you're right. I think MMA in itself is ex- is expanding, but I do think there's still some idiots out there that think UFC is the end-all, be-all. I mean, you can see the arguments on MMA Twitter when you tweet about Lima or somebody else. You can you can <laughs> see the idiots come out and have and have, you know, these opinions that are just so obvious you don't watch yeah. anything except the UFC so mm. it's still there you know now moving on to the next category again voted by well actually put forward by MMA Twitter um, mm-hmm. best post fight interview now this was put forward by Aaronish Jackson our very own fighting with myself podcast host um, mm. for me I was disappointed with the outcome of this vote because my mainstay my i would think um from where i'm sitting uh one of the most intriguing and talked about post-fight interviews um for me was jorge masvidal now he wasn't the winner here his post-fight interview after darren till was important for two reasons one he did two post-fight interviews two he fought twice in one night because of that post-fight interview (laughs) which took place backstage now that set up what arguably i have to say was one of the most used phrases in 2019 and that was three piece and a soda yeah the value meal the infamous value meal Mm. that leon edwards was forced to eat that poor thing yeah um i don't know i think believe it or not um, hate to be Debbie Downer, but so, a lot of people frowned upon a three piece in a soda. Like I saw a lot of people calling him a criminal, and that was some wow. bitch shit. And yeah, like Mike, there's always a critic, you know. Like even when something is entertaining, and yes, it was ratchet that he did that, but was it not entertaining? And still leaves the door open for him versus Leon Edwards. Like, can everyone stop complaining? Like, and also they're like professional fighters, you know. Like, it's not like Masvidal walked over and beat up an old man or assaulted a woman like he kind of went backstage and assaulted a fighter a co-worker that was talking shit about him I don't you know I don't get like why everybody was so stunned or upset so maybe that plays into why it wasn't the winner I'm shocked Mike that Usman's speech didn't win you know after that heated racial type of fight I'm surprised that um most people didn't vote for Usman, and this is for everybody in Brazil um, post-fight speech after breaking Kobe's jaw. I was kind of surprised. How much of, I mean, I know that you were really pushing, and that was one of your, um, well, flag-waving moments in, in the group chat about Usman, but what was it in particular? Because I know you were really passionate about it. What was it in particular about Usman that really, you know, made you champion him so hard? Um, I just thought that in the in the middle of all this like racial stuff, the racial yeah. undertones, the ins, even when it wasn't racial, the insults Colby was throwing at him, they were pretty 
harsh. Like to talk about somebody's dead coach that had nothing to do with race or it didn't include any implicit bias, but it still was a low blow. There was just so many things that Colby was bringing up and Usman handled it like a professional. It was just, it was wonderful how he just took it in. He had a, some, he had some retorts, but he still did not stoop to his level, showed up. He told us, Usman told us, he was like, I'm going to beat this guy up. Everybody laughed at him because Usman wrestles people. He doesn't really throw his hands. He's only folded one dude, Sergio Marias, right? Yeah. So he tells us he's going to box this guy up, and that's exactly what he does. He keeps his word, and the whole time he's professional about it. And then he has this emotional speech where he was like, this is for everybody that he's basically insulted. And then on top of it, he broke the kid's jaw. How ironic is that? Somebody that kept flapping his gums. I mean, it was, it, it was, it, did that not sound like some type of story I just told like that? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's good. Um, that's good TV. That's entertainment. It was just kind of fun. And it was kind of like good over evil, you know? And I, I, I loved it. And I was surprised that people weren't moved by his speech as much, but Usman isn't the most popular fighter in that division, you know, so I wasn't too surprised, but I wanted him to win. Well, time to open the envelope for best post-fight interview. And the winner mm. is Tracy Cortez. I've got to admit, I did not see this being the winner. But again, neither did I. Again, um, you tell me from your perspective, why do you think that she won? I mean, there were four of us actually voting in this wonderful um, category. I have to say, I, I like the fact that, you know, people were um, really, really quick to come up with um, alternative categories. But, you know, what was it about this category that, well, enabled Tracy Cortez to win, do you think? I think, um, I think MMA Twitter and, and, and the listeners probably went with their heart, you know, like, because I think when, I think all of us have experienced loss. So we all know what it feels like to be to grieve and to be in that type of pain. Yeah. And it's and it's inevitable. It's going to if it hasn't happened to you, I hate to break it to you, it's going to happen to you. You're going to lose somebody close to you or you already mm, have. Mm. So to see a professional fighter kind of go through that same pain that you have felt kind of makes you feel like connected to that person and it breaks your heart all over again because you know how she feels so i think folks felt connected and they could relate to her and that's probably why they voted for her because i watched the speech again recently and she didn't say much she just like told them i'm doing this for my family my brother my mom and he's here with me in this necklace and then she broke down and michael Bisping had to put his hand on her shoulder she didn't even say yeah. much but i think she touched she touched a lot of people so i'm not mad she won i was just kind of surprised you know yeah because mma twitter and and the viewers we do kind of like negativity like look, i'm not gonna front like we do like the back and forth you know drama look at the colby and and, and um uzman thing it was damn near racial mm -hmm. so i was kind of surprised that something so sentimental would win that category but i'm not mad at it so next up in the uh, MMA Twitter category was Banging Walkout. Now that was by my man Emmett Glenn. Uh, he's quite he's Ooh. quite vocal on Twitter. I, I like I like when he pipes up. I like when he gets involved. I like when he comments. And um, oh, yeah. Banging yeah. Walkout was his suggestion. Did you have an also ran in this? Because you obviously know who won. But did you have an also ran in this particular category, or um, are you like myself? Because I'm trying to remember what you actually. Uh, nominated in this category but 
Um, for me, there was only one clear winner. And I think we all know, and those listening all know who that was. But could there have been an alternative walkout in terms of um, a, a, a possible or an also ran here? Uh, the answer to that is no, but I will tell you who the hell tried it and, and failed miserably. And I just was like, my God, if, if this comes over to the UFC, I might have to stop watching. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> Jake um, Hun, H-E-U-N, because I probably messed up his last J-Q. name. He just recently, Jake Hune came out in a wife beater looking like Freddie Mercury. Somebody on Twitter told me this. They were like, yo, I thought it was Freddie Mercury reincarnated. The man came down oh, that, was <laughs> that walkway was at Risen card, 20. Right? Yes. <laughs> the Bellator Rising um, card. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was kind of cute. He was shaking his little booty and stuff. And he was hella confident. But it's just like, we all know the winner smoked that walkout. You know, he tried it, though. But, you know. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't believe my eyes at Freddie Mercury, but it, it was kind of cute. But I voted for the definite, definite winner, and I think most of us did, Mike. You want to un- unroll the, the winner here? Indeed. There was only one clear winner, especially from where I'm sitting, because this, to me, not only did he execute um, this before, like, one of the most phenomenal wins of his career, but the accuracy with which he actually did this, bearing in mind the pressure that he was about to be under, Israel Adesanya was the clear winner here. Absolutely phenomenal. 100%. Now I'm saying it 100%. Absolutely, 100%. Do you feel me, Mike? I'm, I'm breaking my New Year's resolution already. Like, it was phenomenal, that walkout. And it, this is coming from someone who does not like flashy walkouts i'm afraid of you know the magicians and the snakes i hate the wwe entertainment aspect of the ufc when they start getting a little crazy and i'm all for this walkout it was bomb bomb and i mean mike how could you not like it because he just did it well it it was nostalgic he had his friends from back in the day in it the 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 young man can dance you know like (laughs) How are you going to be mad at it? Something that is just done properly and and quite well. So, hands down, the winner, no doubt. I think, um, for me, as I say, it was just the whole... He's under a lot of pressure, first of all, in the tunnel. But adding to that Mm -hmm. pressure of just remembering what the strategy was, just remembering how it was... um, in terms of the implementation of the game plan, just remembering that you know he's got to keep composed under pressure. To have that added um, pressure of actually executing and like nailing, not just with himself. You know, let, let's let's remember that this was a choreographed routine with childhood friends. You know, I, I think that needs to be highlighted. Yes. You know, that's, that, that's worthy of being highlighted as well. I mean, how how special is that? You know, and how meaningful is that? And that goes to show you, like, you know what, Izzy? Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to do that. Like, it was him sharing something very personal with us. I liked it. It, He's going to have such fond memories of doing that with his friends. And I'm just going to remember that it not only was it dope, but he did it with his friends. Like, I just think it was so special. And then again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I really like when somebody just does a really good job. He choreographed it well. He looked, he danced well, had his homies in it. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was done superbly. Whether you like that type of entertainment or not, you got to give him props. Okay, 
Just before we get into the team nominations and the winners and riders for our team nominations and uh, those who we voted for, I think it's only right, considering we don't have a um, Kairos' corner this week as he's travelling, to segue neatly into Chisanga Malata Slut, who'll be talking about, well, let's let him do all the talking. A little over two months' time, the UFC will return to London for the 12th time for UFC Fight Night 171, which will take place at London's O2 Arena. The card is already starting to take shape and has thrown up some monstrous matchups for UK fight fans. My pick of the fights, or in fact, I'll just list them off all now, the ones which are in the books. Danny Roberts will take on Nicholas Dalby in a monstrous welterweight matchup. Paul Craig will take on American light heavyweight Ryan Spann. Ashley Evan Smith will face Liverpool's Mon in a somewhat pivotal matchup in the flyweight division. London's own Darren Stewart will take on Marvin Vittori in a middleweight matchup. Another middleweight matchup was also on deck between Wales's John Phillips and Dusko Todorovic. Tom Aspinall, former Cage, Cage Warriors star, Tom Aspinall will make his UFC debut against Rafael Pessoa in a heavyweight bout. Battle of Britain, of course, between Mark Casey and Stevie Ray, which has been in the works for a long, long, long time, will uh, also take place. And relative new UFC newcomer Laron Murphy, Manchester's own Laron Murphy, will be in action against Gabriel Benitez in a featherweight matchup. Now, as it stands, the card is an absolute stormer from a British perspective and will be even more so when the main event, which is expected to be Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards, gets announced. But for me and for many others, there are many glaring omissions that have irked myself and other UK five fans. Current noticeable absentees from the card are uh, as, as follows. Jack Marshman, Wales' Jack Marshman, Darren Till, Jack Shore, Brett Johns, Arnold Allen, and of course, London's own Nathaniel Wood. The latter trio of the aforementioned quintet have bizarrely already been given matchups before the London card, with Johns and Allen taking on Tony Gravely and Josh Emmett, respectively, at UFC Rally on January 25th, and Wood facing John Dodson in Rio Rancho, I believe, on February 15th. Um, whilst these are all entertaining matchups, and in particular, I really like the Emmett versus Allen fight because that will really show us where. Alan is in the featherweight division. The decision to give the three of these guys fights in the UK, consider fights in the US, I apologize, when they've got big fan bases in the UK is truly baffling to me. I understand the UFC's eagerness to push certain fighters like Wood and Alan by giving them slots in American shows, but really, unless it's in a co main event or even a main event or perhaps a, a card which is which features a, a, a big pay per view draw it's really not going to do much to get them the attention that the UFC wants. And I, I know it's coming from a good place, but I think it's a bit misplaced to be having them on these American cards when you've got London right around the corner and it's absolutely perfect. It irks me that these guys aren't on the card, but hopefully we can see them on a second UFC show later this year. That is if the UFC, of course, returns to their norm for the European market and blesses the UK with another show. I'm hearing rumors that there's a show, going to be a show in Glasgow, perhaps in July, but I need to check into that. And if, of course, if that's the truth, I will reveal that on the Wokecast. All that being said, UFC London is already a monstrous card in terms of British talent. And it will be even bigger if the rumors are true and Darren Till, it does indeed get added to the card in a co-main event slot. I, for one, can't wait for this card. 
and I think this, and I personally think this could end up being one of the most memorable UK shows ever. Okay, that's all from me, Chisangamai from the Daily Star and Daily Express. Take care and enjoy the rest of the show. I can kind of get where Chisanga's coming from. Um, a lot of the talking point, or a lot of the talking points, which I can understand that he'd be irked about, was the fact that, you know, a lot of the Brits that we've come to know and love have other assignments. The one big surprise, I have to say, in terms of assignments, whilst it is a massive fight for him, Nathaniel Wood versus John Dodson, that would have been an incredible addition to the UK uh, or to the UFC London card. I was just really shocked and surprised, but understandably so, because, you know, I think in his last outing, John Dodson was made to travel ever so slightly further afield. So it's only right that, you know, his next matchup, you know, unfortunately, it is Nathaniel Wood having to travel um, means that he won't actually be on the UFC London card. But, you know, I still feel, and I totally agree where Chisang is coming from, in that we have got one hell of a lineup. It's an incredible lineup. And I think, you know, the piece de resistance, as it were, once it's not confirmed, but whilst it is, or, or when it is actually confirmed, um, to see Tyrone Ridley actually going up against um, Leon Edwards, that's going to be incredible. But I think the co-main event will be topped off. And I think it really does need a co-main event of this weight. I think it would be an incredible addition. And uh, I think wouldn't be out of place to have Darren Till in the co-main slot um, versus um, Jack the Joker Hermanson. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, you took the words right out of my mouth because it's like I feel um, Chisanga's pain as well. There's quite a few um, Londoners or you know Englishmen that I, I want to see on the card, but it baffles me that Darren Till's name is not in the mix. And... I would think that he would be the headliner. You know, I was kind of even surprised they went with the prodigal son, Leon Edwards. And, and you know, I, I was shocked. You know, I'm so used to them, you know, throwing uh, Leon outside, you know, kicking him right out and not paying him no mind when it comes to title contention. I'm very happy he's the main event with Tyron Woodley, but I am shocked that Darren Till is not being mentioned. Mike, have you heard anything? Are there issues, injuries, or is there any word on the street as to why Darren Till's not on this? Well, that's just it. I think the jury is still out. I feel that either negotiations are still being tied up mm. or perhaps, just perhaps, they're waiting to see what actually happens with forthcoming fight cards, which are, well, obviously taking place well before yeah. um, UFC London. Now, that's the only thing I can think of. I know I'm clutching at straws here because I don't have any intel yeah. is the short and sharp answer. I thought I'd ask. But um, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because I, I thought I'd ask because I haven't heard anything either and I've been like on the blogs, I've been looking around and asking and it's just kind of weird that Darren isn't a part of this but nonetheless, like you said, maybe at the last minute, maybe there's things going on we don't know about and even still, yeah. if Darren doesn't make it, you know, the card is pretty stacked, you know, and you can't put everybody from London on here. But so far, they've got some great fights that, you know, Darren Stewart, Marvin Vittori, Paul Craig is, you know, he's fighting. And then, oh, my, one of my favorites, Lerone Murphy. I've been fiending mm -hmm. to see him since his fight, you know, since Abu Dhabi against Gabriel Benitez, who's just, you know, fireworks. You know, he just had a fun match, uh, excuse me, a fun match with um, Sodiq. Yusef and then um, 
last but not least, come on, man, Josh Emmett versus Arnold uh, Allen. How about that's not going to be on the card, Mike? And that kind of blows me. Like, I'm surprised you didn't mention your mate, your well, your, your mate over there, Molly Meatball McCann. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I forgot about her. You know, this is off the top of my head. Yes, Molly's gonna mm. be on the card, and I will say this: like, I'm really, really happy she's on the card. But I'm my, I'm in my feelings a little bit about Josh Emmett and Arnold, Arnold Allen not being on the card, and I feel like Arnold Allen needs eyes on him. After that beautiful performance he had against um, Gilbert Melendez, I need more folks to be talking about this kid. So I was kind of shocked that he wasn't on UFC London. But like I was saying before, the card is pretty stacked. Molly, Paul Craig, and then Darren Darren Stewart. So and and um, also Mike, they're probably not done. You think they're gonna sneak some more on here, right? Like the prelims and early prelims. So I think typically. When we look at the uh, previous UFC London cards, they do tend to be around the 12, 13 um, in terms of fight mm-hmm. cards and in terms of matchups. It T- does tend to be around the 12 and 13 mark. So I think we're almost here. I mm. feel we are seriously missing, in terms of firepower, a co-main event, which is going to make this, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one definitely not uh, to miss. And I think, you know, we will see um, at, at some stage in the coming weeks an announcement as to, you know, what's happening with Darren Till and, you know, Jack the Joker Hermanson, who I, I feel will be the uh, main, sorry, will be the co-main event here. But, you know, there's another way of actually looking at the fact that um, it's almost like a, a, a kind of like, <clears throat> excuse me, breadcrumb treatment of the well, those who would expect to see on the London card not being on there because there is another way of actually looking at this and that is eyes only seem to be on Brits when they are on the UFC London card. So why not like have a sort of like interest building exercise by having them on other cards leading up to UFC London? Well, yeah, that's probably what's going on here with, um, you know, my complaint with Emmett um Excuse me, Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen, and also Nathaniel Woods versus um, John Dotson. I mean, you just John Dotson, yeah, yeah. Like you've got to get them some exposure on some of these U.S. cards as well, you know. And mm. quite frankly, you probably just can't put every Londoner obviously on this this London card. So, you know, I know that I saw Nathaniel's um, Twitter. He was dismayed at first, but then now he's right into his competition and gearing up for John Dotson. So you can tell some of them are disappointed, but they're ready for their challenge, you know, and I get it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I understand as well. You know, so I I feel Chisanga's pain. (laughs) I have my own gripe. (laughs) (laughs) But getting back to the WOCAST categories as voted and selected by us, I kicked off the category, um, which I felt, again, was in keeping with the WOTV brand. My category was, Mm -hmm. what the fuck were they thinking? Now, this could be (laughs) for a particular individual. This could be for a group of people. This could be for an organization. Mm -hmm. Basically, which made me exclaim, or made us exclaim, what the fuck were they thinking? Now, we both know who won this particular category, but were there any also rounds that you thought or was there an also round where you thought you know what this would be 
fitting under this banner. Yes. What the <clears throat> yes. Um what the fuck was Kevin Gastelum thinking when he took down <laughs> um Israel Adesanya when he had him hurt, I believe in the fourth or oh, fifth yeah. round. Like I just yeah. could not believe what I was seeing. He had him hurt, he was tagging him up, and then he goes for the takedown and Israel you know, fights the takedown, gets back up, but that gives him enough time to recover. And now he's now yeah. he's beating up Calvin. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, there's nothing worse, Mike, when you're watching a fight at home. And it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback, but you're watching the fight at home and you see openings from your couch and you want the fighter to take those openings, but he doesn't. And that's what happened yeah. to me. And so that was my moment. But I think the winner clearly won for a reason because it really was a big what the fuck moment. <laughs> Oh, 100%. And, you know, without further ado, opening the envelope, the winner of that particular category was Brendan Loftane, actually getting as far um, and being denied the opportunity of actually, you know, being signed to the, uh, the UFC after winning his fight and winning it, I would say, in a fashion which is kind of like, well, not really uh, in keeping with how people view Brits, and that is, you know, with a wrestling style. Yeah. You know, he got the takedown. Now, the thing is this, I can understand, you know, Danny White having that criticism, which he leveled at Brendan Loughnane. If, if I really do stretch my imagination ever so slightly, but what I don't understand is him denying him, you know, entry into the UFC because of that one thing based on how hard he'd worked to actually get back there. I mean, don't forget, this was the second time that, you know, um, Loftane was under the watchful eye, watchful scrutiny of Dana White. Now, it just made me think and it made me exclaim because I just could not understand for the life of me why, you know, again, Loftane was denied entry to the UFC. I mean, it made no sense whatsoever. And the only thing that I can say about it is that the Contender Series just wasn't the best route for him. Because I think Brendan fights like a vet because he, on the low, he is. He has a ton of fighting experience and he's very well-rounded and he's a great fighter. And I just don't think a series that's made for people to put on a show to to, to win is a is, um the best route for him he's he's technical he he picks his shots he's not someone that's going to just come out there and just look for the knockout just because that's how you get a contract he's going to just win the fight the best way he knows how and be smart about it and on the contender series i'm sorry when the few times i've watched it all i see is young bucks just trying to kill somebody because that's how you win that's how you get dana's attention that's not for brendan he's too technical so I think the avenue in which he tried to get a UFC contract was not for him. But he's a great fighter and things are working out for him. I mean, he just um, had a win against David uh, Duarte in um, PFL. And again, a decision win, unanimous, but why? It was technical and beautiful and he picked the guy apart. That's not a performance for the contender series. So, and Dana, I, I just... It's the what the fuck moment. <laughs> like most people that you know watch him and may know about this kid, and it was smart of him to to engage in a takedown at that moment. That's how he won the fight. So I didn't see anything wrong with his performance. Yet Dana didn't sign him. So I don't get it. But I'm happy he's moved on. Now you see, there's another way of actually looking at this. In that, you know, I suppose I'm trying to look at the positivity in, in all of this and that is I've never ever seen because we obviously know what subsequently happened to Brendan Loftane being signed to PFL but I've never ever seen um, particularly 
a British fighter, someone from the UK, after signing with an organisation, using their signing bonus to basically retire their Aww. mother, who never has to basically pay another mortgage instalment again in her life because he basically paid off her house. Right. I've never seen anything like that. So, you know, these things, I suppose, happen for a reason because there's no way on earth that anybody could tell me that he would actually have that amount in terms of capital, have that amount in terms of an investment that the UFC would have made if he did indeed get signed to the UFC. It just wouldn't happen. It makes you think, Is does everything happen for a reason, that silly little slogan? does Is, is that hold true here you know like we all thought there you go. we all thought it was a tragedy he wasn't picked and he um for the you know for the ufc contract he goes over to pfl he fights well you know he's he's won two fights over there in a row and then now he's paying off <clears throat> his mother's mortgage so i mean laughs last laugh is on dana i guess brendan's just fine so and laugh laughs on us we were so upset the fans you know people that know him we were appalled but he's made out all right Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, moving on to the next category, mm -hmm. uh, most improved fighter. Ah. Um, from memory, who put forward most improved fighter? Um, I can't really remember. That's a good one. I don't have it in front of me either, but it was a great nomination because it was definitely a few people we could have picked from here. I know we had yeah, like different because, answers, but, but, right? Exactly. The runners and riders. This, I have to say, was one of the categories which, you know, th there was definitely some dissenting voices in terms of um, or differences of opinions because Charles de Bronx was a, um, a contender. Yep. Piotr Jan was a contender. Uriah Hall was a contender. And Kevin Lee was a contender. Um, I actually put forward Piotr Jan because it just seems like, you know, this particular individual, Piotr Jan, mm -hmm. He rocks the moniker KGB, keeps getting better with gusto because every single time I see him take to the octagon or the cage, he just keeps on getting better. So, you know, I, I put him forward, you know, with my whole chest because I personally <laughs> felt, you know, he was the most improved fighter in terms of where I've seen him and where he is actually now. He looked phenomenal. But the winner, uh -huh. I'm sure you'll be able to speak more with gusto about this was Kevin Lee. <laughs> now, why did he actually get your vote? Actually, um, I'm going to correct you on this. Kevin Lee was my runner-up, be ah, believe it or not. Right. Believe it or not. Right, right. Um, but nonetheless, he still got my vote, runner-up or not. You know what I mean? So um, Kevin Lee got my vote because um, he was going through something. He was like, um, his uh, what's it called his trainer died I think it Robert Follis I believe or uh, don't hold me to it I'm horrible with names but he had that trainer pass away and then he seemed to be lost he went he went to different camps he's even quoted yeah. in the media saying that he was damn near shopping for a camp he he gets cool with GSP he finds a home with uh, Farasa Hobby at TriStar and then you can see the results immediately He's less cocky. He's not dressing like Jimi Hendrix. And then when he gets in the cage, he's professional. He's all business. He's not as loudmouth. And then he is showing his new skills. He establishes a beautiful jab. He fig <clears throat> he figures Gregor Gillespie out very quickly. And the next thing you know, he's got one of the best highlight reel knockouts of 2019. I mean, that's one hell of an improvement. But I will say this, Mike. I gave hmm. my my winner that didn't win, by the way, my winner was um, Charles Dubronx Oliveira. 
I thought um, I thought he was one of the most improved fighters of the UFC. You know, he went from submitting people to now he's knocking people out, and he's on a six-fight win streak, three wins last year, and then he's 2019, he gets three wins, and most of them are knockouts. So I think he's most improved because he's still winning, but now he's switching it up and winning going against his bread and butter, which is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So now he can rely on his knockout power, which he developed. And so I, you know what I mean? So that's why I think he's the most, you know, improved fighter. But Kevin Lee is right behind him. Moving on. Next category, most polarizing fighter of 2019. Now, there was a clear winner here. Um, For me, I had an also ran in this just before we get into who actually won. And I personally thought it was Conor McGregor. Never, I feel, in the history of the sport has anybody been so polarizing in terms of being revered, being loved, being supported, being followed. People basically were taking out loans to follow this particular <laughs> fighter to the end of the earth and to turn on him in such a um, such a rancid fashion. I've never seen, like, um, first of all, that actually turn around so quickly. But, but secondly, considering how revered he was, mm-hmm. I personally felt that he was deserving of the most polarizing fighter question, 2019. Question, question, how? How is someone that hasn't fought in years the most polarizing fighter in 2019? Perhaps I meant in I, I meant in terms of the way in which fans reacted to him, ah. and I meant in terms of the way in which he put himself forward in terms of personality, in terms of um, likability. Ah. Um, that is where I'm coming from with the polarizing aspect mm. of this particular fighter. Ah. that's interesting because I interpreted it much different because when I remember when we were doing this I was like oh I don't think it's Connor because he just simply hasn't fought so I just my vote was Amanda Nunes being the first female double champ you know and and Mm. getting people from you know and and Dana White too going from someone that was not even being promoted to like ah, they, they've picked up on promoting her a bit more and her name is a bit more common now especially with the double champ status so i feel like you know as the first woman to be a double champ she has an extensive win streak she's beating everybody in such dramatic knockout fashion as well you know i just thought maybe she was the most polarizing um fighter but yeah, you might be right with Conor McGregor. It's just kind of frustrating to kind of, I don't know, to pick somebody that's just been so inactive. But you might be right on that one. But I went with Amanda, no doubt. And that's who won this particular Ooh. category, Amanda Nunes. So um, well done for putting her forward because uh, that, well, she actually got the most votes. Oh, well, maybe, um, you know, MMA Twitter feels the same way. Maybe they mean polarizing but active, you know what I, you know? Maybe maybe that's how she won because that's how I interpreted it. But if you interpret it the way in which you did, yeah, it's Conor McGregor. We're still talking about him. We've turned on him. We some of us still love him. Some of us can't stand him. And guess what? We're all still talking about him. So I could see a vote for um, Conor McGregor as well. Now I think that about wraps up our nominations and categories. Mm. And that wraps up this year's awards. Unless there's anything that I missed by way of nominations, that wraps up 2019 in a neat little bow in terms of the runners and riders and those people who we awarded um, the accolades for their prowess in 2019. All right. Well, I have a question for you real quick. 
Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> 2019, your favorite knockout, and you can only pick one. What's the knockout of the year from Michael Morgan? You see, <laughs> you know, mm. for me, the most memorable mm-hmm. and one which, you know, in terms of retweets on my personal Twitter account, mm-hmm. it was Raymond Daniels. Oh, really? That was ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous in terms of knockouts, in terms of precision, in terms of outrageousness, Mm -hmm. in terms of setups. And like I say, in terms of personal interaction with those on Twitter by the fact that I actually tweeted that out, definitely Raymond Daniels. Oh, wow. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good one. Now, uh, you know what I'm going with. The the Ben Askren, uh, Masvidal need to, you know, the need to the face. (laughs) Like, to me, it's it's so, my favorite new word now, polarizing. Uh, To me, it's so polarizing because it's just the lead up to it. And not only that, people are forgetting, it's record breaking. Like, he broke a record with that. And and then on top of it, the taunting afterwards and then just how it kind of catapulted his you know, Masvidal's career even more. It just it just has so much oomph behind it and it's just dropped dead gorgeous. So that's my uh KO of the year. And I would say the runner up would be Kevin Lee and then um Raymond Daniels for me. But I mean nah. there's just so many. I could go on and on. Like twenty nineteen had some bangers, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know something? Mm. Kairos would kill me. If I didn't actually slip this in. Uh He actually came up with a nomination, which I have skipped over here because we had a clear winner on this one as well. His nomination was the Fan Flip Award. It was for the fighter that had a lot of people against them in the past, but this year they actually turned it around. And this was a clear winner as well in terms of how we all voted. I don't know how Mm -hmm. I missed this. This, You know what I'm, I'm having? I'm having that... I'm having the moment where, was it D.L. Hewley? No, it wasn't D.L. Hewley. It was <laughs> I know who guy, you're talking about. The, oh, God, what's his name? The guy with the mustache. Oh, man. It's a Steve something. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. <laughs> this is my Steve Harvey moment. Right, when you read the wrong name, when I, he read the wrong name at the... <laughs> Well, it would help if I actually read the <laughs> right. name because the Fan Flip Award um, was actually nominated by Kairos and I almost missed it out. But there was a clear winner in terms of Fan Flip. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just before we get into that, though, I, I wouldn't mind hearing your Fan Flip in terms of the fighter that um, had a lot of people against him in the past. But this year they actually turned it around. I can't even that is I can't even think of somebody at the top of my head right now. Um, Tell me who wins and let me mull it over because it's like I just I forgot about that nomination as well. I'm like, holy crap. For for me, for me, I'm going to go with John Jones. For some reason, there seems to be a surge towards popularity in terms of the way that John Jones is actually viewed. I, I, I've just noticed, that especially uh, his interactions on Twitter, there are so many positive comments. Let's not forget that this is the guy, you know, who cost us an event. This is the guy who, you know, um, whether we're talking about picograms, whether you want to believe that or not, this is a guy who was vilified, was hated, but now you would have thought that actually didn't happen based on the last year in terms of interaction with the, with the fans and interaction with people on social media. I would say he had the most people against him last year. That was the year in which, you know, John Jones, I feel, 
won a lot of people around. Oh, I'd have to agree with you. I, d- I have seen a lot of people, besides his like stands, because he does have quite a few, I've seen some people be like, you know what? The whole Pico thing doesn't really matter to me. He's yes. cleaned up his act. Like I think the longer John stays out of trouble, even though he did have that little stripper incident, I think the longer he just doesn't pop and kind of lays low, the more people are just going to kind of overlook that Pico thing and the fact that Dana moved mm. the whole event someplace else so that he could have a fight. And, you know, I think people are overlooking that. So I'd have to agree with you. I, I, I definitely have to agree with you on that. And I, I, no, I'm not sure if you uh, if that got your kind of like creative um, part of your brain rushing, but um, I can actually read out the envelope, yeah, which again, you know, we unanimously came up with, and that was Kevin Lee. Kevin oh, Lee was the yeah. winner of the Fan Flip Award. And you know what? That's an even, that is brilliant. I'm like, wow, because I, I did really mull it over and I couldn't think of anybody, but now that you've said his name, that would be, if I could have thought of earlier that would have been my pick because even myself I admitted on Twitter that you know I'm a fan of his after interviewing him and just seeing him his performance at TriStar and not just seeing his performance the change in him I've I've seen not only growth in the cage but growth as like almost a man or a fighter like the shit talking is done he doesn't dress all crazy he's not cocky he's not saying anything to trigger people he's not talking like he's ready to fight for the title after one win he's really just like a professional now you know like he is squared away and then the results are also translating and excuse me transcending into the cage and I think a lot of people can see that and they like him now including me I wasn't too fond of him before like his personality yeah same here same here I think what really did win it for me and won me round was when he was talking to you the interview that you did with him was so revealing in so many or on on so many levels and it just showed that he was a deeper more cerebral fighter than I gave him credit for plus I loved the way that you know he was happy to talk quite openly about race because it's not everybody's cup of tea um, well kettle of fish it's not everybody's cup of tea because when you think about it I mean it's a far cry it's a hundred miles away from mixed martial arts in terms of and the subject matter so it was incredible yeah. that he wanted to go in depth with you and you know he did give you the time of day and give you an in-depth uh answer to what you know when you think about it and think where he is and think his position was a pretty tricky absolutely. question absolutely and i think michael too nobody really wants to talk about that subject you know if i even dare to tweet about it go. or even try to you know make it known or to have a discussion not even a debate people just get uneasy and then now i'm the racist and this this and that so it was very nice of him to kind of be like you know i'm going to talk to you about this and i'm going to keep it real and it led me mm. to believe that poor baby what are y'all getting paid because i just feel like the kevin lee that i dealt with and the fans love was not the same person and i felt like the self-promoting aspect took away from his personality like he kind of went overboard with the self-promoting with the Jimi hendrix style and some of the things he was saying saying was almost not shock value but he it was putting on an act to me because the person that i interviewed and everybody that we like now is not the person we saw talking shit to Michael Chiesa dressed like that. It's it's not the obnoxious exactly. person that was just saying things that made us dislike him. He's different now. So it made me be like, yeah. damn, everybody really thinks they got to act a certain way to self-promote. Because now that he's cut that shit out, now we like him. 
you know? So it proves my point sometimes that it's just not necessary. I complain about it a lot, but the self-promoting and the magician shit and all that, some people can do it and some people can't, you know? So Mm. I I appreciate Mm. that he's put that to the side and he's become very likable and he's a beast. And I think we all can agree to that. Shout out to Kairos. That was a really good one. Well, I have to say, um, I loved going through uh, 2019 in this way. I love the fact that MMA Twitter got involved. And I love the fact that this hopefully will be the catalyst for conversations which will take place can take place on Twitter. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at MikeWoTV. And Gina, you can find G on WoTV, or you can find G on Twitter. And that is G from, G from WoTV. I almost forgot my own handle. <laughs> okay, well, that about wraps up this episode of the Worldcast. We will be back next week with a brand spanking new episode. Until then, Make some trouble.